0: This is a test. The Nerd World Order is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. If this had been an actual emergency, the signal you just heard would have been followed by the phrase... Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this. The nerd world order broadcast i am the man that you call dukes and this is your boy joe and today we have a covering gaming all things in gaming uh matt go ahead and introduce yourself
1: hey guys i'm matt um i've been gaming since i was probably two years old um i'm a collector also i have you know physical copies from games from the 80s all the way up to today you can get some atari stuff in there um, but I got uh, physical copies, digital copies. You know, I plan on discussing all that stuff with you, whether it's new or retro. So I kind of have both fields covered, which will be, I think, nice for everybody that's listening out there.
0: Awesome. So uh, let's see here. One of the things that you were mentioning is there's a lot going on in the world of gaming right now. I'll be completely honest with everybody listening. I'm not much of a gamer. Uh, the last game I bought was Injustice 2 last year. I know Joe's uh, much more of a gamer than me, so I thought the best thing to do instead of trying to BS my way through it is bring on a man who told me everything I should buy when it comes to video games, and that's Matt. So I'm not going to talk more than I have to. I'm going to turn it over to Matt. Matt, you start wherever you want with what's going on in gaming.
1: Well, right now, the the biggest thing that happened, it actually just happened yesterday, was uh, the Google Stadia just got announced. So Google's getting into gaming in a big way. They're going to be streaming, basically streaming games. So you won't need to buy a box. So there's no, there's no Xbox, there's no PlayStation. There's no physical hardware for you to buy. It's going to be all digital. All you need is a screen. So essentially they are trying to make it where you can stream right from your PC. You can stream from your phone. They want to be everywhere where you are. It's deeply integrated with YouTube too. Obviously Google owns YouTube. So it's gonna be really convenient for streamers. It can use existing USB controllers. So PlayStation, Xbox, um, those controllers will be compatible with it. But Google created their own controller as well, and that controller is gonna to attach to their data centers. So that controller is probably gonna be the optimal way to play. Even though it doesn't look the most comfortable, it since it connects to the data center, it should have the least latency from any wireless controller that you can use. But you know, in my personal opinion, we'll see what happens with it. You know, I think they're they're definitely thinking into the future about things. But as far as most of the country goes, nobody has that stable of an internet connection that's going to be able to support what they want to do. So it's really going to be a coastal thing. You can see people in New York, California, you know, from coast to coast, that's that's where you're going to see the most of their audience. They're going to have a real tough time, you know, with internet connections in somewhere like, you know, the middle of America or like Kentucky or something like that.
2: Hey, uh, Matt, how do you think that's going to affect, like, Right now, like, and I'm sure you know, like, Fortnite like, the, was the big game that everyone's playing. Now Apex seems to be taking it over. And it's all about, like, that free game that you can download. And they make their monies through the apps, right? So where does th- what do you think this Google thing that they're trying to bring out, how do you think that's going to fold into it? You think it's going to have downloadable games? You think it's going to focus on 1E1-type games you know what do you know any kind of games that they're thinking about leading to or what they're trying to do with that
1: well it's interesting because uh that's a great question it's hard to say how they're going to make their money because they didn't discuss that in their in their um, press conference that they had yesterday all they said was that you know you're going to be able to watch a trailer for a game on youtube and then when the trailer is over there's gonna be an option to play the game which is really cool right in theory that's right. awesome but if that game's not downloaded to your hard drive, you're still going to have to install the game somehow or you're going to, you know, or you're going to be streaming it from their servers. Which if you don't have a great internet connection, that's not going to work out for you. But then the then the question is how are they making their money? You have to pay to play that game somehow. So are they going to have a per game basis or is there going to be a subscription? That they haven't talked about at all nor right. how much any of that's going to be. So it'll be real interesting to see how they're going to make their money.
2: Yeah, for sure, because th- th- nowadays the way games are doing it now is, like, you don't even have to buy the game. The game is free. They make the money through the apps, and that's seems like the best way to go nowadays.
1: Yeah, and Microsoft's already kind of doing that with uh, their uh, Xbox Game Pass, <clears throat> but they allow you to download games right now, which is better, because if you do live somewhere that has a slower connection, you're not going to be able to stream a game. It might take you a long time to download it, but if it's downloaded, you'll be able to still play the game, you know, as opposed to streaming it. So... I think their service is gonna be better for at least the time being. If Google's not gonna have an option to download, if it's stream only, then you're gonna have a very fractured market for a long period of time until the infrastructure's there. Unless Google's gonna, you know, the next five years, just lay major fiber down across the country.
0: One thing that I would think is uh, it's gonna be difficult upfront. What do you think about user ac- acceptance? Uh, you know, people like to purchase a box, have a box in their home. Do you see a problem with user acceptance because there's nothing that they physically have to have at home?
1: Yes and no. Uh, So with with uh, I'm 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 in my 30s. So people that are like my age and older are probably going to have a bigger problem with this. You know, where I work, I get to see, you know, a younger audience of kids uh, be involved with video games and none of them care about physical media whatsoever. You know, you you, they don't they want everything digitally they don't want to deal with any kind of discs they don't want any of that so them streaming it's not going to be a problem it's going to be the older generations that are you know going to go against the grain and not want that as much there's still older people who want that too but you know there are collectors out there you know like myself and other people who still want to have the physical copies my, my problem is you don't own any of that stuff if you start reading the you know the user agreements and all that stuff you own a license to play the game so at the end of the day, when their servers get shut off, are you still going to be able to play that game? That's something we're going to have to see. You right, might not right. be able to play your backlog at some point.
2: Hey, uh, Matt, like I noticed you said you like you started playing games at the age of two. What if Can you remember what was the game that got you in the gaming and made you so passionate about playing games, whether you're streaming, and what is the game that you're playing now that you just can't put down? Because I know you like – Old school games, new school games, but what is the one game that you focus on that you like, you need
1: to play? So when I was a kid, what, the first games I remember playing was Frogger and um, uh, yeah. Pitfall at my aunt's house on an Atari 2600. Pitbull, I
2: love pitfall You playing play in <laughs> arcades, man. That's how old I am. I just told you my age. I used to play in <laughs> arcades. That, Moon Patrol, I'm with you on that. Donkey Kong, I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah, so that, that's where I started out. But, I mean, I wouldn't say that I was, like, obsessed with games at that point. It wasn't until later on my, my sister actually got a Nintendo for Christmas. And I played Super Mario Brothers for the first time. And it, yeah, was, it was pretty much from that moment on that it changed what I wanted to do. <laughs> right, right.
2: And, you know, who would have thought, like, when we were playing this as kids, you never thought that you couldn't have a career in it, You remember? Because I remember my parents were like, you play games too much. You're never going to go anywhere playing games. And now look at it now. Now it's like everybody's just making money from playing video games.
1: Yeah, my dad said that all the time, too. Like, you know, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? But, you know, yeah. when I was growing up, I, you know, I grew up with the Internet. You know, I was fortunate enough to, to remember dial-up modems and, and how difficult that was. But uh, right, right, right. during that period of time, magazines are still available. And, you know, I think when I was younger, I probably would have wanted to write for one of those magazines that now no longer exist. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the most passionate thing to answer the second part of your question is today is like the, the most recent game I played that I'm like really into is uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That game is right, right. absolutely amazing. Yeah, Everybody should play that.
2: Yeah.
0: They keep putting out good content.
1: Yeah, they keep updating it, too. It's really, really good.
0: So what else is going on in the world of gaming right now, Matt? Um, System
1: Shock 3 uh, got a first look today. System Shock is an older game. Uh, the PC game is very popular. I never played the original System Shock, um, but I did play Bioshock, which is what the spinoff of System Shock was. And Bioshock was one of the, you know, the, the greatest games in the past decade. That, that's a game that everybody should play. And granted, it's not the same universe, it's it's from the same original, it wasn't the original creator of Bioshock, but uh, they have Warren Spector back now, he was the one who created the original System Shock with a few other people, so they got the original team back, they got the System Shock name back, and the trailer looks really good, so we'll see what they can produce.
0: So, so regarding System Shock and Bioshock, like I said, I'm, I'm not really a gamer, but I've seen Bioshock as being one of those iconic games everybody talks about. Um, exactly what are System Shock and Bioshock exactly, as far as
1: what's the gameplay really about? Um, it's really about environmental storytelling. I, I'm not that familiar with System Shock, to be honest. I, I've never been a PC gamer. i never played System Shock. Um, I have played like Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. And those games are fantastic. Those games are um, first-person shooters that take place um, in like a, what was supposed to be a, a utopia, uh, but it, it failed, and uh, everything is in ruins, essentially. But going through the story is what what really hooks you into the game so again i mentioned i was a, like a retro collector too i'm into the retro scene a crazy thing happened in the past couple of weeks a couple of things happened actually uh, they found um another nwc gray cart i don't know if that means anything to you guys but it's basically the holy crap the holy grail on the original nintendo um they had the nintendo world championships in i think 1991 they created these great carts specifically for the championship. They think they made about 300 of them. There's not many known to still be around. They also released a limited run of gold cartridges that you could not purchase. You had to win them through Nintendo Power, and those were even harder to find. But these games don't pop up every once in a while. You know, It's, it's usually spread apart. But two copies were found in the past week. One guy was going through his brother's stuff and you know, found the cartridge that his brother got. He was in the tournament when he was a kid he needed money, so that cartridge got sold sold for over $20,000 um, to give you an idea of how rare these cartridges are. And then uh, the second guy, he actually is a collector in L.A. He had a contact who he got um, well, I should start back a- about a week before that, around the same time that that gray cartridge came out. This collector, um, his name's I think you pronounce it Archon 1981. He got a card that was never released the week before. So that card is super rare. It's a game that was basically finished, never was released. It was UWC. It was a wrestling game for the original Nintendo. And luckily, he was nice enough. He sent it out to um, the uh, Video Game History Foundation, and they dumped the ROM. Um, And what that means is they preserved the game, which is something I'm very passionate about. You know, these games are going to get lost over time. You know, they're just not going to exist. So by dumping the ROM, that means at least there'll be a, a version you can play on a computer no matter what. It'll be in the ether. As long as the internet exists, these copies of the games will exist. So he sent it to the history museum. They dumped it. And a few days later, the guy he got that cartridge from, he was asking him. you know, they were just having a conversation. He told him he used to have an NWC card, but he sold it years ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, that, that sucks. You sold that card. He's like, yeah, well, you know, it would have been cool if you had two of them. And he was like, oh yeah, I did have a second one actually. He's like, you had two of those carts. He's like, yeah, well I gave one away to somebody I used to work with. You know what? Let me, let me call them. I'll see if they still have it. So that person had the cartridge still worked it out. The the same guy, Alcaron or, um, 1981, the same guy had, uh, talked to that guy who had the, who gave him the UWC cart and got in touch with this, uh, lady who had the second cartridge the WNWC one, and he was able to purchase that from him a couple days after announcing that he had this unreleased cartridge, which is insane.
0: Whoa. So related to that, I know in the world of collecting, a lot of times we have to worry about
1: counterfeiting.
0: How much of a concern is there that a person coming up with two carts at the same time could be counterfeiting?
1: This guy, from my understanding, he's known pretty well. Like uh, he's, a, he's like a known collector. Um, he flew out of LA to go to the Seattle area to, to actually look at the NWC card to make sure it wasn't a counterfeit before he, he made a private purchase and we don't know how much that person paid for it. He flew there to inspect the cartridge to make sure it was real. These do come up as fakes, but I mean, the NWC cart in particular is very hard to fake. First of all, they're numbered. They have numbers embedded into them. And then they have this this weird like section cut out of them as well. And the, the boards inside, when you take it apart, they don't look like any other board that you've ever seen. Like if you you in apart cartridges and like looked inside of them. So they're they're pretty unique. But there are other cards that you definitely need to watch out for. People fake stuff all the time. Today, another, another big news. Nintendo had a, a showcase for Nindies, which is like their Nintendo indie platform where they show off like, you know, smaller developers like games. And Microsoft is actually allowing them to release Cuphead which was a console exclusive to Xbox um, because Xbox Live is going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch, which we've known for a while now, but we didn't know if any games, you know, these Microsoft exclusive games would ever be available on there. And they've like right out the gate, they're going to have Cuphead on there in just a couple of weeks when Xbox Live launches on there.
0: You just said something which I had no idea. I actually saw a quick article today about Cuphead. Being on Nintendo Switch, I didn't make the connection that it was uh, primarily only for the Xbox. So, as far as Xbox Live going on Nintendo Switch, that's pretty huge in my opinion. Uh, Why are they doing that and how is it going to help Nintendo Switch out?
1: Well, it benefits Switch because they're going to have a bigger platform on their their console. So, they're going to have, you know, if they put Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live onto the Switch... Xbox is essentially having another console that they can sell their games on, which is which benefits Xbox. It benefits Nintendo because they're going to have basic same same answer. It's going to have you know like a whole other library of games that you can play on your Switch. Not all those games are going to work though because the Switch is underpowered. It's not going to be able to handle half the games the you know Xbox One has in its library. But some of them like Cuphead, you know, it will be able to play on the Switch. So you're going to see stuff like that happen. Microsoft's really thinking about the future, though, like the streaming service, like with Google. Microsoft's already, you know, in the same boat as them. They, they, they don't. They know that in the future there will be no boxes. There will be platforms, and they want to be the pat- platform that you subscribe to. So why not get in everybody's mind now that Xbox is something that you need to have, no matter what platform you're on? Right. So
0: you know, I, I want to say one of the things that everybody always talked about is being sort of the ultimate state of nirvana, is uh, cross-platform play. You know, you can play your PS4 players against your Xbox, uh, against your Nintendo players. Is that a possibility right now, or is it only the games themselves, not the platforms that will work together?
1: Only specific games. So right now it's just like Fortnite. You can do that between like PC, Switch, and Xbox. Um, I think there's like a couple other games you can do. that. I think Rocket League might be one of them. But Sony, um, Sony has been against that for a long time, but it seems like they're starting to change their tune. But the the, the truth is, they're going to have to. I mean, everything is going to be digital, everything is going to be streamed. But I think Microsoft just has a more realistic expectations to how quickly that's going to happen. And Google's trying to force it through, which you know, I, Google's right. It's going to be there, but it's going to take a long time. Are they going to keep dumping money into this over years and years and not see that return right away? Where Microsoft has the ability to download the game, so they, I think they're in better shape than Google is as far as right now goes.
2: Plus, they got experience with games. More. So yeah. Than game. I just find it interesting that Sony continues to be the way they are and don't want to invest in that, and I'm I'm surprised to see Microsoft do it because usually it's like what Xbox against PlayStation, and then you have Xbox PlayStation against PC, but it's just it's kind of kind of. Of, kind of cool to see, like, two big names, like Xbox and Nintendo get together for the common goal to supply for the, the demand of the fans playing the game, and I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, Sony... Sony's been quiet, so who knows what they're cooking up. They bought Gaikai a few years ago, which is, like, a streaming service essentially, which is what, you know, they started running PlayStation Now with. So they might have more plans, and they're just being quiet. I'm not... No one knows, because they're not talking about it. But Sony also, like... In my personal opinion, they have the best first party games this generation. Right. And that's what they're gonna continue to you know beat the drummer about is their games are superior. And they are, in my opinion. They they have phenomenal games, and that's what you know that's what they're hedging their money on still at this point. Let's see. Another thing that came out was a new Zelda game. It was kind of like a rhythm game. I don't know much about it. It was based off of uh, another game though. And I just thought it was super interesting. I, I know very little, the trailer was less than a minute long and I love Zelda, so I'm definitely interested, but it, it was strange how like it looked like you were hitting the enemies to the beat of the music, which is pretty cool, but I don't know how that's going to play. Would you guys be interested in something like that? Not at all. <laughs> you know, we, know, we know
2: the man you call Dukes ain't going to be interested in that, but you
1: know, I don't
0: know. Yeah, two, two reasons. Number one, I well, oh, I guess three. I've never been much of a Nintendo fan. Uh, number two, I don't think I ever played a single Zelda game. And number three, Rhythm and Dukes do not go together, especially with gaming.
2: Really? <laughs> I, I thought Zelda was pretty good. It was pretty good on the N64 platform. So, I oh, know. the
1: 64 one was the best.
2: Yeah, it's a
0: classic. I love the Nintendo 64.
1: I've never played a Zelda game before, Duke? No, so, I had a Nintendo uh, Game
0: Boy. Never got around to picking up any of the little cartridges, so never that played a single. Yeah, yeah, never did it. That
2: that was it. That's actually how me and Alan met was through a Game Boy. Always seeing each other, passing by, never. You know, like, you know, high school, you always pass by, you see people, but he was the only dude that had the Game Boy. Going home on the bus, and that's how we met.
0: Yeah, because I couldn't get past most of the levels on Super Mario Land, and yeah. Joe could. So I would just basically watch him play, <laughs> so I can see what the other levels look like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> another interesting thing with uh, with Google and Xbox is they actually have Phil Harrison working for them now. Phil Harrison uh, was a was a bigwig at Sony for a while and then he was the see, he was the vice president. anyways he, he was basically had a huge section of uh, Microsoft's game side that he dealt with and then Jade Raymond she is uh, another high up person that was with EA. They canceled the game she was working on. She left EA a few months ago, and now she's working at a first-party studio that um, that Google's going to have. So that's the most interesting thing to me is that Google is going to make proprietary games that are only going to be on their service, and they have an experienced person already in that position. Two two experienced people because Phil Harrison's there too. So that's going to be very interesting to see what they develop.
0: So regarding Google and their uh, their gaming system. You know, in the world of cable, one of the things that everyone talked about was Google coming out with these centers where you could have cable at a reduced price, but you had to subscribe to whatever Google services. Do you see Google doing a similar uh, strategy where they come in at a lower price with their games in order to beat out the competition?
1: If anybody can do that, it's Google, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, I had no idea. I'm curious to see what their strategy is with how they're going to make money. I mean, clearly, if everybody's using their platform, just like they have with YouTube, you know, YouTube is ubiquitous and everybody knows how to use YouTube. It's there. There's no real competition. That's why they, they kind of, you know, they create their own rules with YouTube. They do whatever they want. I know it's like it used to be the Wild West and they crack down on certain things now, but people used to make a lot of money on YouTube from ad revenue. Now YouTube's making all that money. So they you might see it be more open in the beginning and become more restrictive the way YouTube has now. That would be my assumption is that they're willing to take a discount on the front end to you know to uh, secure their longevity in the back end. So a couple other things, uh, and uh, again being a collector, collector Hollow Knight's going to come out as a physical copy. That was a really popular indie game that you could download. Uh, it was on like Switch and uh, I think it was on all the systems actually. But they're releasing a physical copy on PS4 and. Uh, switch. So, those are coming up. uh, I think in May that's going to be released. Same thing with the messenger. That's going to be coming out through limited run games, which was an awesome, awesome game. If you like Ninja Gaiden, uh, you need to play the messenger. It's really unique because it goes from like, uh, the first part of the game, everything's like 8 bit graphics, so it looks like original Nintendo, it looks like Ninja Gaiden. And then, like, halfway through the game, it, it switches it up and you can go back and forth between these, like, uh, you basically just hit a button and like the screen will flip and you'll see uh, 16-bit graphics as opposed to the 8-bit graphics. And it's almost like you're in a different world when that happens. That's so, pretty cool. Awesome, awesome game. That's Again, awesome. if you like Ninja Gaiden, definitely yeah, worth ninja getting it. Ninja
2: Gaiden was on the Nintendo, which Alan Dukes does not know about. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it, it, was a, it was on Nintendo, dude. Because You probably remember Sega? They had Shinobi, and Shinobi was like the ninja game, dude. Everybody played Shinobi, dude until Ninja Gaiden came out. Ninja Gaiden came out, and it was all about Ninja Gaiden, because the cutscenes were just off the hook.
0: So So the whole time Matt was talking, I was thinking Shinobi. The whole time (laughs) you've been talking, bro.
2: Yeah. Shinobi was dope, dude, but, like, Ninja Gaiden, dude, I'm telling you, dude, Ninja Gaiden, bro, that that was the hotness. And then, like, you know what's crazy? If you look at, like, a lot of your kids, because I have two kids. Shout out, John. Shout out, Gabriel. But – they like these older vintage type of games that I see them play, like, you know, like whether it's an Xbox free game or it's like on the phone. And the graphics look like when we were kids, like, I'm like, why do you like these? And it's just the the factor that it's so much fun that nowadays kids don't really care about the graphics. Yeah, So, that's like very true. If, so if you have a good thing, like a good graphics and it switch over to like a, a 16 bit different ROM, dude, my kids are going to love that.
1: Yeah, you should definitely check it out. You can download it for less, probably less than twenty bucks. And the physical copies, they'll be like, I don't know, 30 dollars. But you have to get them through like two websites. Limited Run is doing it with a, a partnership from Special Reserve, so you can go to Special Reserve's website or Limited Runs to get to get the messenger. Limited Run also did uh, uh, Bloodstains, which was a uh, another indie title that just got released a couple months ago. And that one came out about a week ago. So those, those are two games that I would recommend. Played them both. They're both fantastic. If you like Castlevania, you'll like Bloodstained. Nice. Nice. Dude,
2: That's I still haven't watched Castlevania on Netflix. Ah.
1: I need to watch that too. I've heard really good things, but I, nice. I haven't gotten around to watch either season yet.
2: Right,
1: right. Uh, another thing that's going to be coming out, which... <sighs> Assassin's Creed 3 is coming out in like a month. They're remastering it, and I don't know why. I, I don't have an answer for you. They, that, I played every single Assassin's Creed game. It is the worst Assassin's Creed game. It is awful. The, the, the PlayStation Vita one was better than Assassin's Creed 3. The setting was cool. It was in America. It was during the Civil War. But the game was broken. It, the story wasn't very good. A lot of it didn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, they decided to remaster that game out of all the games in their library from Assassin's Creed They chose that one. So
0: So when a game is remastered, obviously they're going to go back and run the graphics through current technology. But what's the possibility of them fixing all the things that you didn't like about the game, storyline,
1: play, things like that? So this is a remaster. It's not a remake. If it was a remake, they could mess with the story a little bit. They can change some things. Like Resident Evil 2 um, was really a remake because they rebuilt that game from the ground up which recently came out, but this is a remaster. So they're not going to change the story. Um, They're not going to change like the voice actors. They're basically going to bring up, you know, the quality of the visuals to today's standards. And maybe they'll fix some bugs in the game, but that's really about it. They're not going to change the story. Like some of the other problems that I had with the game are still going to be there. They're not going to fundamentally change the way the game plays, which was semi broken it just didn't feel smooth. We'll see. I mean, I am unless they want to send me a copy of the game, I'm not gonna be playing it. Right. <laughs> I doubt they're gonna be sending me a copy you, of the game.
0: Listen, listen, everyone listening on the broadcast. Matt wants free copies of anything <laughs> you have, and he's willing to do reviews right here on the NWO broadcast.
1: Yeah. I do sometimes get free games from my work, just so everyone out there knows. So if I do get free games, and if if I'm talking about a game, I'll let you know that ahead of time. I'll fully disclose that I got the game for free. But the two that I mentioned earlier, Bloodstained and and, uh, The Messenger, I paid full price for them, and they were well worth it.
2: Yeah, you would think, like, if you have a big following, like you said, your favorite game is Assassin's Creed. You would think with a big following, they would ask the fans, like, hey, we're going to remaster some games. Which ones do you think we should do of the series, to remaster, instead of remastering a game that was, you said, poor mechanics, right? St- holes in the story, which seems to me, if they're remaking it, they're just trying to make extra money that they didn't make the first time they sold the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, they put a lot of money into the marketing. That game was heavily demarketed. It probably sold, actually, really well at the time. Um and I'll, I'll, I will take a step back. They, there was Assassin's Creed Unity. That game was more broken uh, than 3 was. So Unity was probably the worst, and then 3 was probably the second worst, in my opinion. Unity was just really messed up.
2: I got to uh, hand it to you, man, because mo- mo- most people in movies, man, like, I, I like my boy Chance, challenge my boy Chance, man, the new Star Wars, man, he don't watch it. He'd be getting pissed, dude. And you're taking it kind of well, like the Assassin's Creed in movies. You know, the, the games are, that you're, you're still a loyal fan, dude. Chance is about ready to throw Star Wars away and not watch it no more.
1: Hey, I'm, I'm actually wearing you? a Star Wars t-shirt right now, so I know his pain. I'm right there with him.
2: <laughs> I,
1: I guess I like the abuse, I don't know. But, you know, the Assassin's Creed's turned it around big time. So I'm very happy with what they started doing. They, they started changing it in Origins a couple of years ago, and now it's like, it's one of my favorite games, but for a whole different reason. It's a lot more RPG mechanics into it um they really focused on the story this last time around cassandra was basically wonder woman in a greek setting it was was, is incredible
2: we don't talk dc alan doesn't (laughs) we don't don't mention anything dc related
1: not even shazam
0: shazam that is correct (laughs) uh we can always talk shazam and no matter what the subject is, Shazam! Crossover is always acceptable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that's happened over the past few weeks is um, Dead or Alive Extreme 3 has uh, is going to be releasing in Japan, not in America, at least not yet, and it probably won't be. Uh, it's actually, it was a volleyball game, but it was also kind of like a dating simulator. It was a weird game. But the uh, the interesting part of this story is that it's getting censored on Sony's side. So Sony is choosing to censor this game, and the regular version is going to be available on the Switch. That's interesting. And that's also happened again in the past week. They censored uh, the image of a butt out of Devil May Cry only on Sony's platform. Didn't censor it on the Xbox. Or on PC. I think there was a PC version, too. So what do you guys think about Sony censoring their games where you know other platformers are not doing
0: that well i think that's pretty interesting because when i think of sony i normally think of the more advanced games the that are targeted more to the teen and adult audience so i would see sony as leaving that stuff in there whereas you know when you said that the switch let this stuff go through i thought to myself you know normally when i think of the switch i think of family oriented games games that kids are going to play so it seems a little bit backwards. The only thing, the only reason I would think that that could possibly happen is Sony's ramping up to go after that younger market, and they don't want any crossover that could create problems later. Yeah,
1: I can see that. With their, they have a bigger audience now than they've had in a, in a while. Obviously, you know, when PS3 and 360 were around, Xbox was kicking their butt for years, and. Towards the end of that cycle, PlayStation actually ended up selling. Most people don't know that PS3 sold more units than Xbox 360 did. It just took them forever to do it. So Sony had, like, not the best reputation that entire time. And now that they're on top of the world, you know, they're starting to censor their games and pull things back to probably try to appeal to more of a mass audience, which is something that Nintendo was traditionally known for. But here you have Nintendo not censoring their stuff and Sony choosing to censor their games.
0: Do you think that uh, perhaps Nintendo is trying to move in the other direction and pick up those older gamers who normally looked at Nintendo as just uh, gaming systems for kids and families?
1: Perhaps, but I think they're more or less just trying to avoid controversy because it doesn't make any sense. They have a game called God of War. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like, Devil May Cry is about killing gigantic demons, and you're going to censor a butt. You got guns in there, you got, you know, all sorts of weapons, you got a guy with a half of a motorcycle beating another demon to death, but the butt is what's concerning. So to me, it's just them trying to cover, you know, their own butts about controversy. That's that's all it is to me.
0: Yeah, this is the quietest Joe's ever been in a conversation about butts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I figure we aren't talking about the butts that I like, so I figure, you know, hey.
1: so some other things that happened uh we had beat saber is another one of my favorite games um beat saber uh came out i think in november on playstation 4 for the psvr but it also came out on oculus rift and the HTC vive so if you have a vr unit go buy beat saber it's fantastic it's basically you have lightsabers and these cubes come at you, and you cut the cubes to the beat of the music with these lightsabers. Huh. You look like the most corniest, ridiculous person alive, but it is phenomenal. It's so much fun. They just released, I think, 12 new songs for that, and those are available now. PlayStation Plus is on sale for all you guys that are PlayStation fans. You can get PlayStation Plus for $45 until March 26th. If you, I think you have to buy it through their store, though. That's a $15 discount, which is pretty good. Also, if you're into buying digital games, every platformer every platform right now has gigantic sales, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch all have huge digital game sales in the storefront, so go check those out if you're interested. Another big headline that's happened today, this I looked up from Chris Kappel. He was from PC Games N. Disney is apparently reviving Lucasfilms games which is interesting because that hasn't existed in a while. Uh, Disney has stopped producing games a few years ago, and they started outsourcing all their stuff. Like That's why you see Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, I forget the subtitle. It came out like a year or two ago. Um, Spider-Man was given to Sony, uh, and then Sony and well, Insomniac is the team that made it. So this is interesting that they're making their own studio again. And part of it probably has to do with EA Uh, not doing so great with the star wars license they've had the star wars license for i think about five years now and they produced two games in that period of time one was underwhelming and then one was just a disaster which was battlefront 2 battlefront 1 was the underwhelming one and most likely by the time their 10-year contract is up ea will have released two more Games, which is four games in ten years, when they have plenty of studios that can make them, and the quality hasn't been there. So to me, this looks like Disney is taking back their Star Wars license because Lucas Films, like Lucas Arts, is what they're they used to be called. Now they're going to be called Lucasfilm Games, is going to be producing Star Wars games again. That that's the only solution that I have. Like, there's no other reason to be using that name and hiring producers, artists, you know. There's no other reason other than that. As soon as that contract is up, they're going to pull that Star Wars license back and start making things in house again. But the interesting thing is, like I said, they they've been outsourcing these. They've been finding qualified teams that to, you know to just give their license to to make a game, and they just pull in the profit. So I'm I'm curious as to why they're doing not doing that and bringing it in house all of a sudden.
0: So normally, when it comes to Disney, uh, one thing that I've noticed at least on the movie side is once they have a chance to get their hands on something they're very very specific about where they want it to go you know so they might allow a different i'll just use gaming they may allow different gaming studios to do whatever they want to do to make the game but as far as the overall vision of the game i think disney just wants to be very hands-on with that end product uh, which obviously you talked about Battlefront. It's one of the few games that I played on a regular basis, and yeah, you're right. It is underwhelming. It does get repetitive. It does get boring, even when you switch out characters. So I think Disney just wants to get back to that them having the final say on what's produced and if it follows the overall continuity that they're looking for.
1: Yeah, that would make sense to me. That's but they haven't. They have an unknown quantity, like Lucas. Lucas Arts used to make games They you used to know what their games would be like, and you know, they, they would even get people to like outsource their Star Wars games to at some different points. So, since you're going to have a whole new team in there built from the ground up, if they hire qualified people, I have confidence that they'll produce a good Star Wars game. But if you know, if you have a whole bunch of unknown people, we really don't know what kind of product you're going to get. They could end up being worse than Battlefront, which I doubt, <laughs> but um. <laughs> You know, anything's possible. So I don't want to say I'm happy about it, but as far as right now goes, I'm optimistic. We'll just see who they get in the right place. Hopefully they'll find the right people for those projects. And then next we got Konami's doing a new anniversary collection. Joe, you might like this. It's a whole bunch of old school games. They're going to be doing three different collections from Konami. There's going to be an arcade classics collection that's going to have eight arcade games, including games like Haunted Castle and Life Force. Um, that's going to be out in April, and then in the summer, there's going to be a Castlevania collection. It's going to have Castlevania 1, Castlevania 3, uh, a Game Boy Castlevania, which was uh, Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge. That was a good game. And then uh, Super Castlevania 4. So there's going to be four more Castlevania games, but those are the four they announced so far. Nice. And then... The last collection that they're releasing is going to be the Contra Anniversary Collection. Whoa. It's going to include eight games again. The same kind of deal as the Castlevania. They've only announced four. It'll have Contra, Contra C, uh, Super C, Contra 3, and Super Contra. So already with those four games, I don't really care what other Contra games they put in. They pretty much got it with you know Contra 3 and the original yeah, Contra.
2: Hopefully, you'll be able to use those codes up, up, down, 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 left, right, (laughs) B-A-B-A-B-A.
1: Oh, man. That's for sure going to be on there. Speaking of that code, which is funny, is on the Google controller, going back to Google for a second, the Contra code is in the back of their controller for some reason. I don't know why. I'm assuming they're probably partnered with Konami, and Konami's probably going to release some of their old games on there.
2: Interesting. Imagine playing Contra with a VR. (laughs) That'd be nuts. It would be like, you know, uh, you didn't like that movie, Alan, but real, what is it, a Ready Player One? Kind of like that? What Google's it, probably it would be about. like that, but it would actually be good. So. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to aim at.
1: If you wanted that movie to be better, you should have read the book because the book was amazing. The the yeah. did not do it justice. That's what I heard. That's what I
2: hear. But if your boy watching castlevania on netflix he ain't reading already one book Those are facts. unless it's on a podcast and i can listen on the way to my work your boy ain't, your boy ain't not reading a book
1: there might, i think there's an audio version i'll have to look it up for you you should definitely listen to it if you can't get all the time to read it <laughs> all right so the, the last piece of news i had for you guys was the national video game museum digs up an unmade alien versus predator video game this was supposed to be released i think on sega genesis if i remember correctly sega genesis or super nintendo was supposed to come out on them so it was literally aliens versus predators but football so think of like i don't know if you ever saw human league football but it's probably like that there's a lot of pictures and stuff you can see online. Huh. The description called it Cosmic Hard Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. It was it was supposed to be set in the year 2702 AD. Very little is known about the game other than the concept art that was dug up. And, yeah, I found that out from bloody disgusting John Squires wrote the article.
0: That's pretty crazy just because, you know, obviously AVP, Alien vs. Predator, was pretty big, and... You know, for a while there, even though it's uh, definitely back in the day, Tech Mobile was really big. You know, sometimes... I oh, you
2: mean that it was on a platform you never played?
0: Nintendo. Yeah, yeah <laughs> precisely. Uh, but it's it's interesting, you know, sometimes people just, they want to do like, they want to do the Reese's Pieces thing, you know, put two things that are great, put them together. Right. And this just, this just sounds horrible, you know. It, it sounds <laughs> cool in the sense like, you know, aliens and predators doing something you've never seen before, but it just seems like all around it would just be a really weird concept.
2: Yeah, it's like making a Justice League movie.
1: Look, very few things are going to be as 90s as that. That was the most 90s things I heard in a long time. Like, how can we make this more awesome? Put it with football. Give them a football. <laughs> right, right. This is coming from someone. i love football. Love football. This brings
0: us to the end of the broadcast. So, oh,
1: Matt. Um, what's
2: your? What, how can someone get a hold of you? you how can someone follow you? What's your p- social media platform so they can, if they have any questions or something they want to add to what we talked about mm-hmm. today, how mm-hmm. can they reach
1: you? Please reach out to me on Twitter if you guys have any questions or you know any comments about the show. I'll be happy to hear your feedback. Please be constructive. Don't be crazy. <laughs> but my Twitter is at from NJ2CA. And the two is a number two. So it's like from New Jersey to California.
0: That's pretty cool. I dig that. So, uh, Matt, number one, thank you very much for being part of the broadcast, man, because I guarantee 110% if Joe tried to have any gaming conversations with me, it would have just been crickets on this side of the phone or the (laughs) microphone. So thanks for coming on, man. Your knowledge is amazing. Uh, your passion for gaming is amazing, and when I thought of someone who could come in and, and provide content that would be far beyond anything that Joe and I could expect to deliver, you're the first person that came to mind. So thanks for stepping up for this, man.
1: Oh, you're more than welcome. I, yeah, this is what I'm passionate about, so I'm glad you guys reached out to me. Uh, you know, I look forward to doing more of these in the future with both of you.
0: So until next time. I I am NWO, NWO. we are NWO, NWO. and let your nerd flag fly. Booyah.